0: so in christ jesus you are all children of god through faith for all of you who are baptized into christ have clothed yourselves with christ there is neither jew nor gentile neither slave nor free nor is there male or female for you are all one in christ jesus if you belong to christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise he predestined us for adoption to sonship through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves. And I say it again, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and daughtership, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Can we just in the whispers of our hearts say, Abba, Say, Father, Heavenly Father, you are here with me. Speak to me, Lord, for your son and your daughter, I am listening, Lord. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Know in your heart, know in your spirit that you are a child of God right now. Don't be swayed by emotions and feelings. For emotions come and go but have the mind of christ know the truth of christ be grounded in the word of god that you are a child of god
1: no matter what broken family no matter where we come from you are a child of god know
0: the truth allow the spirit of god his spirit testify with your spirit right now that you are a god's child we are god's children so god as god's children we're here for one thing and one thing alone to hear your voice and to do the will that you have called us to do. We look to you, God, Jesus, at this time, at times of discouragements, in times of our distractions, in times of our own hypocrisy and our lies. God, we repent of our sins. We turn back to you, God. Father, receive us. Run after us. For we are hungry and desperate. We're running after you. Some of us, God, we are crawling our way back. Give us the strength that we need and the desire, the right desire of your heart to pursue the right things that pleases your name. So God, I pray as you transition to the message that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, oh God. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Give me a spirit of humility to speak your word with boldness and with confidence. In your name, O God, for your glory, O God, for your glory alone. Take all the glory for yourself. We surrender all to you, Jesus. pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, I pray. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's take a moment to greet our neighbors. I'm excited for this because we're going to be starting this series on... The Philippians series, and again, if you remember our vision for this year, 2020, is Steadfast, and the scripture, the passage that we went over at that time was the book of Philippians. Philippians is not a long book. It consists of four chapters, but we're going to go ahead and start the first part today. Uh, Now, turn to your neighbor and say, coin onya. Okay, coin on you. And at the bottom, let's read that together. Ready? One, two, three. Stand By Me. me. Last year, our church, The Guys, we had fellowship. And what we did was we watched a movie, one of my favorite movies, called Stand By Me. And it's a beautiful story about friendship and loyalty and things that we go through when we're children, when we're young, and it's a beautiful movie. And I always remember it, whenever I look at young kids playing with their friends, I'm reminded of that movie, I'm reminded of my childhood, I'm reminded of loyalty, and I'm reminded of our church. You know, and that's what we are. We need to stand by each other. That's what a church is. Church is koinonia. Koinonia is a Greek word, and it means community. And I'm not just talking about shallow community, that you just say hello, you keep things on the surface. I'm talking about deep fellowship in Christ. When I say koinonia, I'm talking about Christ, Jesus Christ. He brings us together regardless of our family, our color, our earthly can, our background, how much money we have in the, in the account, no matter what title we have, no matter what age we are. We come together through one purpose alone, and that's Jesus Christ. We see kids together. They show cute clips of like kids coming together. They, You know, kids, they have no sense of color, right? You give them a Lego, they go all in. Doesn't matter. I used to work at a daycare center. You know, we got Spanish kids, black kids, we got Asian kids, and you know, you could give them like a little piece of paper and you make it interesting. They're like, oh, and they're all about it. At the age of four and five, they're like the cutest, and and they go all in. And that's what brings them together, a sense of friendship, community. But as Christians, why is it that we look around and churches are divided? Why is it that Christian community, why is it that the Christian Koinoia? why is it that our group, the generation that we are living in, we are so separated, we see churches divided, we see people leaving the church, leaving the faith. We must remember that it's Christ that comes and brings us together. We come together here today in Christ through one name alone. And the banner, the name is Jesus Christ. Koinoya, by definition, it means unbreakable bond. It means take ownership of your community. Take ownership of your church. It means that we are committed. We are in it together. We ride or die, right? And later, next week, we're going to start something special. On the group that we're going to start, it's a small group, but we have a special name. I'm not going to give the name away. But it's something that we're going to come and together, even though during the week we're busy, we're going to come together. And we're going to talk about our lives and share our lives and share a meal. And we're going to spend our lives and we're going to grow together as a church. We're going to grow old together. Now as a church, it's a family. It's a home. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters in Christ. In the church, you and I, we are siblings. Even out in the world, we are siblings because we share a common last name, and his name is Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, you and I, we have become siblings, and we are family, and we are one in Christ. Therefore, we cannot forget that we are Koinonia in Christ. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, Koinonia. Okay, let's go right into the scripture. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. And it says this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus, which means the day of judgment. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. For the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Before we do the points, um, I want to encourage you to add as koinoya, dot, dot, dot. But let's begin with point number one. Number one is this. Our kinship in Christ is thicker than our earthly kinship and I say it again our kinship in Christ is thicker than our earthly kinship you've heard this phrase before blood is thicker than water here's a reality check that's not true they're talking about earthly blood your earthly kin but the truth is this as Christians Christ's blood becomes thicker than our earthly kin. Your loyalty to Jesus Christ should be thicker than your loyalty to any of your earthly relationships. Even if you have the same last name, even if you have the same parents, even if you have the same mom, same father, Christ's blood is thicker than our earthly blood. Yet the Spirit of God, the Spirit is thicker than any earthly bond, any earthly blood. Meaning, your allegiance to Jesus Christ must be thicker than you are to your earthly family. And I'm speaking the truth right now as something that we need to hear as individuals and as a church. Your allegiance to Christ must be thicker than you are to your earthly family. Matthew 12, 46 to verse 50, it says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside. It's talking about his physical blood family the family that he was born in. They stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. Verse 48, he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? But Jesus points to his disciples. Verse 49, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, and sister, and mother. Let's go to the next passage, Ephesians 2 verse 11 to 13. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth, remember you are born of this world, you are Gentiles. You are uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of God. Christ. As Christians, you have a new blood pumping in you, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ washes away all your sins. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the baptism, dying and rising again. You're dying with Christ, and you rise with him. You are a new creation. For this reason, for this reason, our spiritual family in Christ the person that is sitting next to you, the people who are out in the world, for those who share the same faith, when we go on missions to Thailand, when we go on missions to Philippines, when we go to missions to Africa, when we go to missions in South America, Central America, wherever we are, all over the world, then when we share Jesus Christ, we are part of God's family. The spiritual family becomes greater than our earthly family. Through Jesus' blood, we have become God's family. You've become true brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul here in his introduction in this letter, these people are strangers to him in the past. They were not born from the same neighborhood, from the same background, same people. But he calls them, he prays for them, he urges in his heart, he has an urge to see them. And you'll see in all throughout the letter of the Philippians, he speaks about Aphrodite, Timothy. He calls Timothy a spiritual son, even though he didn't have any children of his own. And we see that they become a family of God. They become koinonia together for Christ, for one purpose, one purpose alone, to glorify Jesus Christ. So through Jesus' blood, we have become God's family, true brothers and sisters in Christ. And church, that's what you are right now. We are koinoyas in Christ. That's who we are. You are family in Christ. Two weeks ago, we talked about adoption. We learned a lesson that as Christians in Christ, that we are adopted into God's loving family. We talked about Galatians 3, we talked about Ephesians 1, we talked about John 1, we talked about Romans 8. So in Christ, Galatians 3 says, So in Christ, Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. If there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We know about Ephesians 1. He predestined us for adoption. To sonship, daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance to his pleasure and will. We talked about John 1. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And Romans 8 the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather the spirit received brought about your adoption to sonship, daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father and your spirit knows that it cannot be filled with anything else that's why we see a growth of people taking their lives never finding their true purpose they could have all the money in the world they could have the best popularity and the reputation of this world but in the end it leaves them empty because the spirit is empty your spirit cannot be quenched by anything of this world you cannot survive on soda alone. I remember one mission trip in Guatemala. They, they had soda because we're up in the mountains. Like we have water. So we went days just on soda alone. We can't survive on soda. That We cannot be quenched. Our thirst cannot be quenched. Only God himself can quench the emptiness that we have. The love of God. Our identity as his sons and his daughters and we talked about that as sons and daughters in Christ we open ourselves to God's discipline we talked about how open love right? open love and open rebuke is better than hidden love that rebuking is better than to show favoritism and have a flattering tongue and just because you don't want to hurt that individual because what you're doing with discipline, with rebuke, love, especially if it comes from love, you are willing to be disciplined because the Father, He loves us to discipline us. He loves His children to discipline His children. And we are open for rebuke from God. And we should be open to be disciplined and to be rebuked by our brothers and sisters. Again, carefully Right, carefully, but we understand that family we're open to understanding receiving the discipline that comes from God the world will say, your earthly kin is everything people get their last name tattooed on their body you know, they do it in Korean, Chinese, English whatever and then we are so proud of our background, proud of where we come from, and you shut. If you come from a lineage, yes But if that becomes greater Than your identity in Christ Then you need a reality check Here is a reality check Your earthly kin is not everything Being loyal to a fault You guys know that phrase Being loyal to a fault is a very dangerous loyalty Loyal to a fault is not, a, it's not necessarily a good thing When we say loyal to a fault, it means you are blinded. It's a blind love. You will lie and you will cover up and commit wrongdoing for that person that you love, for that wrong person. And this is a big problem in churches. For the sake of keeping our members, and I'm speaking from the perspective as a pastor, Pastors, for the sake of keeping their numbers high, for not losing any members, they refuse to discipline when it is up to them at that moment to step up and to be responsible for our fellow brothers and sisters. Why? Because you are my sibling in Christ. Because the person that you are hurting is also my sibling in Christ. Therefore, we cannot show favoritism and get blinded by favoritism. We have to see things objectively, in the lens, in the view of God's word. As a pastor, I have no authority over you. I don't. But through God's word, God's word has authority over all of us. And he shows us how to live, how to understand, how to bring discipline. Because we are not perfect people. But we use the word of God as our guide. I've seen sex offenders in churches and pastors, because they don't want to make it into an issue, they hush, 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 and they let things just slide, slide away. And years go by, and things happen with that individual, with the victim. And we see that even in the story of David with Amnon. Right? When he raped his sister Tamar, David did not even, he said nothing. He didn't even discipline his son when it was up to him to discipline his child. But he stayed quiet. And we have Martin Luther King Jr., the holiday, you know, and the famous saying that he said when silence becomes a betrayal. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we open ourselves. To discipline because we all belong in God's family ultimately is to protect not that God needs our protection but it's to uphold his name and his standard to honor the name, the name above all names the greatest name and as God's children we make mess of everything you know we spread gossip about this person there's jealousy and you, single that person out and you leave that person away. When someone shares their testimony, you take it and you gossip and you turn it into a lie and then you spread it to people. What are we doing as God's children? How is our Father pleased with those kind of actions? A Lady by Kitty Genovese, Queens, New York, 3.15 a.m a woman she was being murdered screaming for help and it says in the article in the witness in the testimony that 38 people heard the screaming they thought oh i'm sure someone is going to take care of it and they pretended not to hear and they did not help 38 people and she was murdered and she died when silence becomes Betrayal. In China, a woman who got hit by a car, her last name was Ma. As Ma stops for, and I'm reading the article, as Ma stops for passing cars, she is hit side on and at speed by the taxi. However, the cabbie does not stop and simply drives away. Incredibly, the woman is left serious injured in the middle of the street, but is ignored by Dozens of passersby and motorists who see her but choose to do nothing. Just over a minute later, the second accident occurs when the SUV runs over her entire body. Literally, she was alive. People could have saved her. They could have stopped the traffic. But second car runs over her entire body, leaving her lifeless on the ground. Local police said when they were eventually called, they arrived to find the woman already without vital signs. Paramedics confirmed her dead at the scene, and the authorities sent out wanted notices for the two hidden wrong drivers, both the cabbie Zhang and well as the SUV driver Liu, were arrested and now face manslaughter charges. Edmund Burke, philosopher, said this, that all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. And how am I tying this with loyal to a fault? when it's your turn to speak, when it is in your power, when you are a witness, when it is in your power to say something, to make that change, when there's a victim that is in need and they need your help, if they need the word of your testimony or they need your help for anything, we stand behind and we say, no, it's not my job. And how am I tying this with Laura Tofa? on Netflix, there's a guy named Aaron Hernandez It's a documentary A football player, he was a, a teammate of Team Tebow He played with the, uh, for the Patriots And he was caught for murdering three people And his cousin, Tanya Singleton Helped cover up the deaths and weapons and refused to testify So he, literally he's been playing football He's been murdering people and he's been getting away He didn't get caught But when he got caught The cousin, Tanya Singleton, had an opportunity to testify. If she testified, and if she cared about truth and justice for the family of, of the person, that your cousin, that your blood, killed, if you cared about justice, if you had the heart and the justice of God, all she had to do was testify the truth to bring justice to the mourning family, the people that were murdered by this man, Aaron Hernandez but she helped cover up the deaths and weapons and she refused to testify. That's loyal to a fault. You're blind, it's a blind love. And because she didn't testify, she went to jail because she didn't want to do the right thing because she just wanted to be loyal to her earthly kin. As Christians, as difficult it is and no matter how much we love an individual, even though they are our family members, when it's time for you to step up, it's time for you to step up. We have to do the right thing in the church and in the eyes of God because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who are in Christ, are bonded and joined together into God's family. Again, emphasizing through Jesus Christ, through Jesus' blood, that we have become family. We become real family in Christ. Therefore, we must uphold truth, justice, love, and faithfulness with our Christ family members. That's why we can say as Christians, Christ's blood we have received is thicker than the earthly blood that we come from that's what the bible says before you come to me know what you're signing off for people say jesus i accept you as my lord and savior but they don't really understand what that means you got evangelists saying if you can't follow jesus christ you'll be rich maybe maybe not but this is not a prosperity gospel we trick people into playing secular music so that we could invite and we use these other worldly carnal methods to invite and if we use that method yes, you might get the attention of carnal people for a short while but you will lose them in the long run it's better to tell the truth right away what they're signing off for than to trick someone it's like free, blah, blah and then a little caption says not really, monthly, you get charged with much amount Better to be truthful and to know what you're getting yourself into. In this passage in Luke 14, on the screen, Luke 14, verse 25 to 33, says this. The title is called The Cost of Being a Disciple. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is saying, if your family is not for you of having Jesus Christ, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, are you willing to hate them? I mean, family, Jesus is putting a point here. Can we really hate our family? That's how much loyalty that he, that he desires of us. That if anyone comes to him, we must pick up their cross and follow him. If we don't, we cannot be his disciple. But so many times we compromise in family gatherings for the sake of loyalty for our family, earthly family. And we compromise ourselves. You know, in Thailand, they share a testimony where in Thailand, it's all about Buddhism, Hinduism, Shamanism, and a bunch of other things mixed together. And one of the, the things that the missionary was sharing that, you know, when they're in school, they want to live for God all the way, but when they go back home, they go back to their ancestry, right? Buddhism and and it's it's really difficult for them to be all in. But the Scripture tells us here that we must go all in, knowing. The cost. The cost of being a disciple. Let's keep reading. Verse 28. Suppose one of you, Jesus is giving an example. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Before you commit your life to Jesus Christ, know what you're giving up. Know what you're signing up for. Are you really willing to give up that relationship that you're in, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that wrong relationship? Or maybe you're tied to a dangerous family member. Are you willing to go the distance? If you cannot, don't sign up. Don't sign up. Pastor Piper said it like this, it is a commitment to the highest possible cost. It's you saying, I'm yours at any cost. And how do we count the cost in advance when we don't know what the cost will be in advance? Meaning we don't know the future, we don't know what's going to happen. How do I know? The answer is, you assume the cost could be total. You have to assume it's going to cost you everything. When I say everything... Think about everything you have in your life right now. Your wife, your children, the money in your bank account, your friends, your best friends, your earthly family member, the person that you love the most, the thing that you love the most right now. Think of everything that you have, the total things, all possessions given up, all relationships given up, all of life given up. That's the expectation that Jesus calls for. There is no saying, well, if the cost reaches this, then I'm not interested in Jesus anymore because Jesus says, you can't sign up that way. Nobody signs up for 70% of what I require. You have to say, Jesus, it's my all in all, or it's nothing. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. There's no lukewarmness. Either you are hot or cold. Or we get sped out. It's either we're the sheep or the goat. Matthew 25, Revelation chapter 3. Are we lukewarm? Or are we hot and cold? Following Christ can mean this for you. They may mean that you will lose the relationships that you hold as idols. Your material wealth, the dream that you have for yourself. It could even mean a person that maybe you like or maybe that's everything. When I say everything, I'm talking about everything. Are you willing to go to the distance? I won't share the exact name. The fake name I'll give is Caroline. And she was a missionary in China. In China, it's different. Even with church, you can't write church in email. You have to write club. You just can't give any signs or hint that we are Christians and missionaries or anything. Everything is hidden because it's illegal. And in her testimony, when I met her there, she hasn't talked to her family in years. And her testimony was God called her to go to missions. She's from Midwest in America, so she doesn't have any Asian friends. She got the call and she went to China learning Korean because she's getting ready to go into North Korea because that's where God called her to be and when she was sharing her testimony that she hasn't talked to her father the father was against it 100% even to this day but who did she choose? She chose Jesus Christ going the distance and as she's sharing, you could feel the brokenness and the hurt, and, but she knew her purpose is for God, for God alone. As Asians, we come from Buddhism family, and we bow to our ancestors, and you know, my father's family especially is very strong, and are we willing to break that cycle? For Jesus Christ, the cost of being a disciple in Luke 14. Are we willing to lose it all? Last scripture for this, point one, Philippians 3.8. Let's all read it together. In unison, let's all read it together. Ready? One, two, three. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. The word garbage that Paul uses here is a very nice translated word. This is not a nice word. Talk about filth. Everything, everything that he has accumulated on this earth, the worldly relationships, is nothing in comparison if I lose Christ for the sake of my earthly kin just because I'm loyal to a fault then you lose everything because everything is Jesus Christ if you want to gain Jesus Christ, we have to be willing to lose everything that we have a lot of times things happen to us and we are called to make a decision and when you're put on the wall in the corner and you're called to make a decision right thing or wrong thing, Jesus Christ or a family or friend, who will we choose? I pray, even for myself, and I know the difficulty. You know, I, I, I like to say I'm, I'm a very loyal person. You know, my friends, I have friends from childhood, and, but over the years, you know, I live by this code, is Christ. He's my number one, my number one, everything. Nothing comes before him. He is my everything, Jesus Christ. And whatever he says and whatever he asks, it's his. And this is a lifelong process, journey, that we are called to do as Christians. So going to point number one. Again, our kinship in Christ is thicker than our earthly kinship. Amen? everything. The cost of being a disciple, it means that that you have the blood of Jesus Christ pumping in you. That the person that you're sitting next to is your brother and sister in Christ. And we are called to uphold truth, justice, and to do the right thing. Number two, we are God's holy people. And let's go to our passage again, verse one. Philippians chapter one, verse one. Paul and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus. When they're saying servants, they're calling themselves slaves. They're saying they're God, Jesus Christ is their master and there's no way that they can be cut off from the relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. So they say, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons. Right now as you're sitting here, no matter how you feel by yourself, as koinoyas, that you are God's holy chosen people. Don't forget that. As Christians and as fellow brothers and sisters, you cannot forget that we are called and we are God's holy people. How are we holy? Is it because we use languages like holier than thou, brother, brother Josh? We use these Christian lingo languages to look good and We help with chairs, and that's not what makes us holy. Holiness comes from your identity in Christ, because we are adopted into His family. Through Jesus Christ, through His blood, we are made holy. His blood washes away our sins. That is why we can say we are holy. If last night, if we didn't wake up and we died, then we say, God, You are right in your justice to strike me dead in my sleep for I am a wicked individual. But praise be to God that he gave us a mediator, a savior to save us, to make us holy again. When I say holy again, going back to Genesis, they were made in the image of God, but sin entered the world and through Adam and Eve, sin came. But through Jesus Christ, through the second Adam, that we are made holy. We are made holy in Christ. I want you to look at the brothers and sisters around you right now. Just look at them. What do you think about? You must uphold God's holiness and with humility in the church. Paul and Timothy, servants, slaves of Christ, we were called to honor one another. As Christ was a servant leader, Paul and Timothy and all these individuals in the scripture, they served their people. I never want a special seat for myself. I want to be with the people and eat together. And that's what we are called to do, uphold the holiness of God. First Peter chapter two, verse eleven, it says this, but you are chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who calls you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Here at 1 Peter, Peter, he's reminding us that you are not of this world anymore. Once you were, you were, yes. You were once lost out in the world. But now you are a new creation. You have received mercy. You are a new creation into His light. You have been brought into His wonderful light, from darkness into the light. You are not of this world anymore. Therefore, why are we living as pagans do? Lying, cheating each other, taking advantage of the opposite gender. Men sleeping around women with twisted minds. We go and we act as if we're good individuals, but we have crooked intentions. Women with jealousy, breaking the church with gossip, Dividing up the church. Why are we living like the world? Are you forgetting that you are God's holy people? Don't forget your identity. Don't forget what you're called to uphold. Uphold one another with humility, with holiness in God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, as God's holy people, what Paul is saying in this letter is, as God's holy people, never forget the greatest gift is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is grace. Well, grace and peace comes from Jesus Christ. He is the source. Don't forget, as God's holy people, your greatest gift, Jesus Christ. Paul here is reminding the people of the immeasurable and the precious gift that we have received in Christ better than all the riches of this world better than all the riches and the blessings of this world that we can ever obtain accumulate in this life number three as koinoyas we are partners in Christ amen we are partners let's look at verse three to eight I thank my God every time I remember you and this is a beautiful part of Paul Again, these are not his family members. These are not his earthly kin. I mean, just look at the beautiful, the closeness. I feel like when I read this part, I'm reminded of Life Reach. I think about Life Reach. I was thinking about Life Reach in the Philippines. You know, I thank my God every time I remember you. And again, Paul here, I forgot to mention this, that he's in prison right now in Rome. He is in prison as he's writing this. And this guy named Aphrodite, he's the mailman. He's a close brother of Paul. And he's exchanging these letters, giving gifts to Paul. It's like when we do care packages and we send overseas to missions. It's like we're getting ourselves ready. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus because of your partnership. For those who were blessed to go to missions in the Philippines, what do they say? That we are partners, partners, partners in Christ. We're partners in the gospel. If they do well, we are blessed. If we do well, they're blessed. If they are in pain and hurting, when they share a prayer request, especially with the sensitive thing that happened with them recently and with things that happened with us, we share the things that we have in our hearts, our worries, our concerns, and we pray for one another. Partnership in the gospel from the day, from the first day until now. Let's go to verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share, I mean, just beautiful words, share in God's grace with me. Verse 8, God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Even as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about Brother Randy, you know, Teacher Bang, you know, Pastor Donnie, and Pastor Hans, and Pastor Andrew, and Teacher Lee, and all these individuals that we got to work with, Pastor Rolex, Mama S, Agnes Hamouni, thinking about all these individuals, the people in our lives that are far away, but still fighting and contending for the gospel, fighting for the gospel, upholding the gospel, being faithful where God has called them. But in churches, we are so superficial. Superficial relationships in churches. When church becomes superficial, when we don't have koinoyas, in partnership in Christ, that's when people leave. The fake ones will eventually turn away and run away from church. Why? Because they have given up and church was not a place, a safe refuge place for them to grow in the knowledge and in the trust and the truth of God. We have treated one another as strangers, not as brothers and sisters in Christ. If you can't do a certain thing to your own earthly brother and sister or your earthly mother and father, who are we to do that to our brother and sister, our earthly mother and father in Christ. How can we? If the blood of Christ is thicker, the kinship of Christ is thicker than our earthly kinship, how dare we do that to one another, to each other? How dare we divide off the body of Christ and we do what we want? We need a reality check. We need a reality check. Church has become too much of consumerism. Materialism, business, spending money the way that they do as businesses, big corporations, pastors acting as CEOs, controlling all the finances and knowing who pays well, who gives offering. You know, looking at the list, who pays what, who can I favor and gain so that? We could get the numbers going. Church has become a business. What can I get out of this relationship? Pastors seeing a newcomer, they see ching, see them as numbers, money, another number for their membership. They sell out, they don't want to offend, When especially when you know the truth and you have to say things. Before God, I stand I know I will one day stand before God and again I'm not perfect but before God I have to stand right and do what I have to do and you as well in our respective places we must go back to the beginning of why we do what we do in the movie Jerry Maguire in the quote he said when he had an epiphany uh, revelation and the quote, it says, I was remembering the simple pleasures of his job. Again, he's a lawyer. They work with athletes, and it's a firm, and they become an agent to them. And, and the whole movie is about the corporation has become this thing. It's all about money, making money. And they lower the the quality of how they treat the athletes. They don't care whether they are bad people or whatnot, and he's just talking about going back to why we do what we do, and it says in this movie, it says, I was remembering the simple pleasures of this job, how I ended up here out of law school, the way a stadium sounds when one of my clients, meaning the athlete, performs well on the field. I was even remembering the words of the original sports agent, my mentor, the late, great Dickie Fox, who said, the key to this business is personal relationships. Personal relationships, and suddenly it was all very clear. The answer was less money, fewer clients, caring about them, caring about ourselves, and the games too. I and mean, if you watch the movie, he gets fired from his job, and he does this one thing. He has this one athlete that he takes care of, and it's a it's a beautiful movie about what it's all about. But church has become that way. It's become a consumerism business all about the number all about the number all about the money all about what we can give and show with our visual eyes no substance no spine when Christ sees us how we see our church how we see the churches around we have lost our way we have lost our way Conference I went to in Seattle, a professor said this. He said, I'm not the biggest fan of big mega churches. Where in the Bible are there mentions of mega churches? It seems like all the churches met in their homes. There's going to be a rise of revivals in small to medium churches. And I wrote this down in my journal. Why? Because they have a relationship with one another, because they love each other. The key to success is personal relationships. It's relationship. You cannot have Koinonia without relationships. If we're too busy, if me as a pastor, if I'm too busy to set aside my time to meet with you personally, or if I'm just meeting with one person only, showing favoritism, then we're not doing what we're called to do. If we have clicks and that person's not allowed into our group, then we are doing Something wrong. You must love each other because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Church, are you understanding? Are you understanding what koinas means in the reference of Philippians chapter 1? With what Paul is feeling, what he's saying, what he knows in his heart. Church needs to be all about love, partnership, having genuine relationship with each other, to each other. Later, you're going to see Timothy, and again, I mentioned the name Aphrodite. He was a faithful man who served God by serving the Philippian church and who served Paul by risking his life for God's work. And again, I'm giving you a preview before we go ahead and we get into Philippians 2 in the future, but... It says this from Paul's words, according to Timothy and Aphrodite. This is what he says about them. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, but not those of, of Jesus Christ. Now, but you know that Timothy has proved himself, Because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send them as soon as I see how things go with me. Now I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. He literally sees Timothy as himself. Jesus Christ is not this clothing that he wears. Jesus Christ is literally his skin. It's who he is, Paul. It's in him, it's the blood, the DNA is pumping in him. And he sees Timothy in the same way. That's his son, even though biologically they're not. He says, I have full confidence in Timothy that he will take care of your welfare. I mean, what a beautiful loyalty. I mean, that's loyalty. That's what a koinoy is, brother and sister. Father son relationship in Christ looks like deeper than all things, Aphrodite. It says, but I think it's necessary to send back to Aphrodite, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you in his distress, because you heard he was ill. He, indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him, only but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send them, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I might have less anxiety less anxiety so then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him who are people like him well we know here that he doesn't bring anxiety right his anxiety lessens because he has great trust on this individual therefore I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again you may be glad and might have less anxiety welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make God for the help you yourselves could not give me. Remember counting the cost? Count the cost. Even in your sickest point in your life when you're about to die, will it be worth it for the gospel? Yes. Yes, it is. Better to live for Christ than to gain the whole world. Live the short fame. And we go downhill. Last point, number four. We are called to grow. We are called to encourage each other to grow. Here's the thing. Churches have become this hospital analogy, yes. It's where the sick gather. But that's all we are. We are a place where the sick gather and we stay sick. So you go to the hospital. Mr. Smith you are all better now. It's time for you to go home. It's time for you to leave. It's okay. But no, how dare you make me healthier. I want to stay sick. Don't you understand? I want to have this disease that I want it. I want to stay where I am. That's the mentality that we have. But we are called to become healthy and to grow in Christ. We are called to grow. We are called to help one another, to encourage each other, Let's see what Paul has to say. Verse 9. This is my prayer. And this must be our prayer. This must be our heart as a church. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. We are called to grow in our love. In our love for one another. And in the knowledge. And to grow in the knowledge and the depth of insight. Why? because that's what Christ calls us to do he doesn't call us to stay where we are he calls us to grow to cheer for each other so that we can encourage and to help one another this is not an emotional touchy feely kind of love this is a mature love that is grounded in Christ's love the true unity that we have in Christ as family of believers in Christ going back to point number one we are family in Christ, and we are called to grow and abound in our love for each other. Verse 10 and 11. So that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. The day of Christ means the day of judgment when Jesus comes back, the second heaven, filled with the fruit of righteousness. What is the fruit of righteousness? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh with His passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. That is the fruit of righteousness. And then it says glory and praise to the glory and praise of God. You must grow in your wisdom. You grow in your discernment. What do I mean discernment? When you see something and you're able to know the wisdom that God gives you, you may be book smart, but some of us, we have no wisdom whatsoever, no discernment. We say, oh, it's okay, I think. It's because we are not wearing Jesus Christ in our DNA. He's not in our skin. It's a jacket that we wear, and when we go home, we take him off. How do you expect to live for God? Six days out of the week, you live for yourself, and on Sunday, we put on this sheep's clothing. Wolf in sheep's clothing. There are a lot of evil in this world. A lot. A lot of distractions. A lot of noise in Christ. You must have the fruit of righteousness. It comes from inside out. It comes from the overflow, from the relationship. You must grow in discernment. You must discern and pursue what is pure and blameless because we are mature Christians. If you're holding on and drinking milk left and right, you you won't be able to distinguish what is good from evil. You will think everything is okay. Everything is good. What you do in church is good. It's forgiven. It's fine. Do it again. It's okay. You need discernment. You need discernment. You need to grow in your discernment. You need to grow in your heart, your conviction. You need to grow. If we're the same as we were last year, then we are stunted. God calls us to grow. How do we grow? We challenge each other. Yes? We love one another. When we bring discipline, we know that it's not out of personal revenge, but it's out of love. It's not hidden love, but it's open rebuke. It's love, knowing that as Christ loves us, that we are family in Christ. That's what brings us together. Why? So that his name may be glorified. So that we may glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Be filled with Jesus Christ. Be filled with Him. The way you stay filled is you remain in Him. You remain in Him. You could go to a waterfall and watch the waterfall, and you could imagine, wow, it's beautiful. But the only way you're going to fill the cup is you put the cup right by the waterfall. It will constantly flow, flow. Any dirt that comes in, it will wash out. It will wash out. It's a continuous stream of living water, flowing in our lives daily, you remain in Christ, you remain in the waterfall, you remain in his love, you remain in the vine, remain in him, remain on the root, then we will transform and be filled with him over and over again. And in the process, we grow, we grow, we grow. Don't forget, there's a lot of noise, a lot of evil, distraction in this world. Be grounded in God's word. Amen? So with this letter here, with what Paul is saying in verse 1 through 11, everything, it comes together. And it's a personal letter, his heart and his love for these strangers. But it's his brothers and sisters in Christ. Number one is what? Our kinship in Christ is thicker than our earthly kinship. Amen? Don't forget that. What's number two? We are God's holy people. Don't forget that. It's not about your feelings, but who we are through Jesus Christ. And number three, we are partners in Christ. Remember your partners. Remember the partners that we have, that we are partners for the gospel. We're there for each other, partners for the gospel. And last, we are called to grow. As koinoya's, you are called to grow. Grow in your wisdom, discernment, your fruit of righteousness, like grace and peace. Let it abound. Your love abound in Christ. Why? For his sake. For Jesus Christ. This all ties in with this year's vision, steadfast. I pray that the Philippine series, it's good. It's good to learn and it's good to know. And I hope that the spirit will just urge us on not just during the weekend but over the weekday every day that we we'll remember the word of god amen amen preston please come up with our eyes closed let me just go ahead and read the scripture and i want to give you an opportunity to just pray a quick prayer not too long we're not going to pray long but Let's just start praying the moment I start reading, and let's just really give the short time that we have left to God and make it all about Him. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, daughtership and by him we cry Abba, Abba Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Right now do you know that God in Jesus Christ that he is our Abba Father? Do you know your identity that you are sons and daughters of Christ? If you have forgotten, or if you have been sidetracked, or if you have been distracted with the lies, you need to come back to this truth once again. Come back to this truth. Say, Father, say, Jesus, you're my everything. Through you, God, we are a church, a koinoya's church. Because of you, because of the banner of your name, under your umbrella, under the arms of your wings, we can call the person sitting next to me, my brother and my sister. And they are my brother and my sister. God, you desire all of us, not just parts of what we want to give. So let's just take a moment now to know who we are and to give ourselves to God once again. Count the cost. When I say count the cost, know that it's a cost of everything. If you cannot give up your life, if you do not carry the cross of Christ, you cannot be His disciple. Let's give Him everything right now. Give Him everything. Know your worth. Know who you are. And give Him your everything. Your past. Your present situation right now. Your future. Give it to Him right now. Give it to Him. Turn to Him. He is your Father. Abba, Father. Say,
1: Father, I need you. I need you. I give it all to you.
0: Take it all. Take it all, Lord. Take it all. Help us to be a koinoyos church. A church with deep fellowship in Christ. To know our worth. To know our worth and identity
1: as holy people, as holy individuals, royal
0: priesthood, as God's chosen people. We are called to honor and to love one another. Know your identity, know your worth, look to Him, look to Him. This is not an emotional, feely, feely kind of thing that we are doing.
1: Know the truth of God, know it in your heart, know it in your mind, show it in your life. Life, let it be a life of action, a call, a deep sense of call you before beginning of time. He knew you. He predestined you. He had foreknowledge of you. He had planned a purpose for
0: you. Do not forget, your life is not an accident. Your life is not an accident. Look to him. Look to him.
1: One another, and now words of discouragement to bring each other down. We're motivated with jealousy and with envy. God is there with our own evil intentions. Father, help us uphold these relationships, the relationships that you have given in this church to love and to honor one another, oh God, to speak truth, to know the truth. to grow in the knowledge of the truth, grace and peace to all of you who are partners in Christ. You are my partner in the gospel. Let us encourage one another. Let us edify the body of Christ. There are too many divisions in this world. Who are we as a church, as a bride of Christ? Break down the walls, God. The walls that I've built for myself. All the things and all the wrong things that I've learned over the years. The habits and the traditions of my earthly family. God, break them down, oh God. Shatter them down, oh God. Help me to be a new creation. Teach me what is right. Teach me what is pure. Teach me what is blameless. To pursue the holy things of God. A lot of things, generation of curses that we have received, that we have learned from our parents, that I have learned from my father, that it has been trickled down from my mother. That we break it in Jesus' name. We break the curses in Jesus' name. Let us remember today that we are a new creation in Christ, created to do His good work. That we are His workmanship, created in Christ to do the work that He has predestined us to. Oh, God, break down the generation of person right now. There's no spirit of fear, oh, God, but a spirit of love and comfort and peace and joy. Oh, break down the walls.
0: Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord. That's all in the blood. It's all in the blood. Through the blood that was shed for us, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. We are not alone in this world. God, we are not an individual who feel hopeless. For God, we have one another, brothers and sisters, a conoous community, a church that will urge us on and cheer us on, even if we may be far away. God, we have our brothers and sisters in Christ. For we are fellow ambassadors, we are fellow soldiers and warriors, and slaves, and servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. For you call us your friends. And at the same time, God, you are our Father. You are a Heavenly Father. I am not alone in this journey. Thank you for reminding us through the book of Philippians. What it means to be a family, oh God. Thank you for reminding us and giving us a clear picture of what family is. Family is not just because we come from the same last name, earthly blood, earthly kin, but it's the blood of Christ that brings us all together to love one another, to desire the best for each other. So, God, undo all the wrongs that we have learned from our family. Break the curses, God. The generational curses that chuckle down from our great-great-grandparents. We cancel it in the name of Jesus. Reminded today that we are a new creation in Christ. Koinoyos. We love you, God thank you for this message thank you for your word thank you for your promises we love you lord we thank you for all these things your precious son just question i pray god's people pray Amen. amen